We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And, Jack, we're recapping Game 2 of Summer League. The Nets got their first victory, 97-91 over the Bucks. A little revenge there. How are you feeling, Jack? Daron Sharp, best rebound on the Nets roster. Yeah, that's pretty good take right there, Jack. Obviously, we saw him dominate inside on the board today. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. But, as always, you can find the Brooklyn Buzz on all streaming platforms. But, Jack, where do you want to start? I mean, we should jump into the guys that we love to talk about, Nick. King yeah. Sharp, Killer Cam. Funnily enough, I, I responded to a tweet like, what nickname should we give them? And I'm like, oh, please. Listen to the Brooklyn Buzz, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> Nick, Cam Thomas took a step forward, I think, today. Do you agree? Yeah, I think the game started slow for him. And I was a little worried that maybe he was a little bit out of sync. It was similar to game one. But in this game, even when his scoring wasn't working in the first half, I thought he took strides as a passer. You know, there's a couple really nice passes where it's like, okay, I'm going to get two or three defenders in the paint. Let me drop it off for Alizé. Let me hit somebody for a three, you know, whatever it is. So I thought Cam Thomas in the second half of this game really took a stride forward. In that fourth quarter, he just has a knack for scoring. You know what I mean? That's just something he can do. Looks very comfortable shooting the three ball. We saw a couple go down today as well. So, you know, I thought Cam Thomas definitely took a stride forward. I mean, the only thing in the first, you know, half, first quarter that I didn't like, there's a couple of shots where I'm just like, you know, just kick the ball out, look for a new look, let somebody else get it instead of kind of taking that contested long two. And I mean, look, it, it, when he off the catch and shoot tonight was something where it's just like, okay, we don't sure. need, yeah, this guy doesn't need to have the ball in his hands. He's just so smooth, like you mentioned, Nick. Um, from at, at Playboy Claxton, his fourth quarter totals through the two summer league games, 26 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. He loves the moment. You can just tell yeah. him. I love his demeanor as well. It's just like, he's, he's just ice cold. He just, mm-hmm. nothing phases him. And I love, I guess, the sort of dichotomy between like him and Dayron. And Dayron's just all energy, flamboyant, bombastic. Um, I, I just love both of these kids. And I, I also agree in answering my own question, Nick. I thought his <laughs> passing was good. I thought his decision-making was good um, for the most part, obviously, especially in the second half. Him and um, Dayron had some nice chemistry. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and he was just making better decisions. And, and yep. again, Getting to the free throw line a lot of times. He looked okay enough defensively. Um, I thought this was an improvement on game one. And it just showed me that I think that, you know, he couldn't really crack this rotation for the Brooklyn Nets. And it's not just because 
you know, he can score. And, well, he can score goddamn well as well. Um, and, I mean, things you love to see. You know, his mum, Leslie, I believe, yeah. um, absolutely shown the... I mean, if there's a person who loves Killer Cam more than I do, it's probably Leslie. Yeah, I mean, that was a great interview, and then you had it followed up when he had the post-game interview. That was cool. And like you said, Jack, I think defensively there's still room for work there, but you love the fact that he just is able to break guys down off the bounce. You know, that's just something he does very easily, and I loved in the second half. He got really aggressive and just constantly looking for contact. You know, there's a couple plays, maybe they're 50-50 in terms of charge and block. It doesn't matter because he had the right mindset in attacking the rim. You know what I mean? Even if he got called for charges there, I live with that just because I love the mentality. And also, I love the fact that, like, the game didn't start off well for him. I think he was 0-3, but then getting to the free-throw line, getting a couple lay-ins, then all of a sudden you finish with 22 points, 6-14, which isn't amazing, but it's not bad, 3 3 of 7 from 3, 7 of 10 from the free throw line, and like we said, 4 assists. I mean, you see him kind of getting a better understanding of what's going on out there. And honestly, with better teammates, he could have more space to operate in certain situations. Obviously, he's going to have better defenders in the NBA, so I'm not going to say it's going to be drastic. But we saw a play where Alize Johnson literally ran into Cam Thomas while he's driving and almost acted as another defender. It's just some of those things. And obviously, these guys don't have chemistry. And also, there's a lack of three-point shooting on this roster. I'd say Cam Thomas is at this point, probably the best three-point shooter. Quite easily. And then yeah. that's saying something. So you can envision life getting easier for him at the NBA level in some respects, obviously. But yeah, I think that you mentioned the Alizé Johnson pass, Nick. I think that what that showed to me is that we sort of saw quick first burst from him. Um, obviously, his handle uh, is incredible, and it was on show there again with his opposite hand. But he just has a, a control uh, and a knowledge and a, just a, a comfort and a composure for a guy that certainly doesn't look like he's 19 years old. This yeah. kid looked like he's been in the league for, for many years, and you know he just loves hooping, um, and he just knows how to do the right things. And it was really cool to see you know that improvement in terms of as a passer, as a distributor, you know, having the ball in his hands. You know, he's he's our best point guard right now on the Southern yep. League roster quite easily. So and 30 minutes for him as well. Like him seeing those extended minutes, um, you know, getting that trust from Jordan. Not he's a he's a super talented player. Love his mindset. Love everything about him. Getting um, it's going to be interesting to to see as well because him and Patty Mills both have the number eight. Like I'm I'm, I'm wondering if you know if Patty's going to take something else or. Uh, Killer Cam's going to have to give it up. You know, I'm, I'm, Landry Shamit didn't he have to like give it number 13 to James Harden or something like yeah. that? Gave him like an Xbox or $1,000 or something like that. So we'll see how that goes. The vet usually gets the number. So Patty probably gets first choice here. But if Cam already claimed it, you know, Patty might have to get him a gift, like you said. But I mean, the thing that kind of sucks in a way, and like I hope Brandon Knight was this guy of being like more facilitating point guard and being a little bit more composed. I thought he wasn't as bad today as he was in game one but like i like to see cam thomas get to run some sets off ball like occasionally we get to see some of those relocation skills from him on certain plays where it's like that seems just like a nice ability that he has because he does such a great job of keeping his defender off balance you see that when he's attacking the rim but if i get more of an opportunity i would envision that's something he can do off ball as well kind of using the screens to his advantage finding himself a little bit of space and getting those shots that he really likes yeah no that's a, a really good point and you know his step back is wet as hell man he's yep. you can't teach footwork and you know Jalen Green is a, a masterful talent and his footwork combined with his you know incredible athleticism but you can just see that's a, that's a James Harden move that Cam Thomas has and you know the four-point play um he's just 
he's something else. You know, the play. We're probably going to see a lot of players come into the league with you know this amount of skill. Uh, and but at this point in time, a uh, few rookies have that ability to create their own shot, that footwork, that fluidity to get into the shot. I, I just really love his mechanics as well. It just feels cool. like he has the ball on a string. No matter yep. what he's doing, he's just like, he ain't going to get, there aren't going to be many guys in the league other than maybe like Drew Holiday that are going to like steal the ball from him. He just has such great control. Yeah. I mean, I'm just really excited to see what he can do as he continues to develop. And it feels, you know, obviously two summer league games, still plenty more to go. But at number 27, this feels like a really good pick for the Nets. And like you said, Jack, there's potential for him to really get in the rotation just because of his creation ability. You know, there's not necessarily a ton of guys on this team other than, you know, the big three and probably Patty Mills to an extent that can really create for themselves. And it looks like also Cam, as he develops, should be able to create for others a little bit too. And I think that's going to be a drastic, uh, you know, area that we look for in Cam Thomas. How well can he create for others? Is he just going to be this gifted microwave scorer, or is he going to be a guy that can dish out the ball a little bit and really have an impact on an offense and be a bigger part of a team? And there's nothing wrong if he's just that six-man scorer type, but that's just an interesting element I'm going to definitely keep an eye on as he develops. Well, like, I think you sort of alluded to it, Nick, in terms of what we probably wanted to see where, like, you know, in the first episode, what do we want to see out of Cam Thomas? What do we want to see out of Daron Sharp? And we're starting to see some of the things that we didn't necessarily know from these guys. Um, yep. and, and I think especially with Cam, you know, the, the play with the, the pick and roll um, with uh, Daron Sharp, how he draws the two defenders, you know, gets off balance. And it's just like, oh, this is going to be a turnover here. And then he just dumps it off to Daron. And Daron just obviously, he's always in the right spot under the basket and has really good hands as well. Yep. Um, he's just got really sticky hands. Which Strong. I think is strong and yes yeah, strong and sticky um the two s's so i, I think that that's a, a good skill to have for a, for a big man but yeah I, I think it's just it's fun watching basketball and it's fun watching these two rookies who have such an immense amount of talent and you know it's uh i think there's a reason why we saw sean marks take both of these guys and, and make both of the picks and not trade them away because um, we could see these guys contribute in, in some sort of meaningful way heading into the regular season yeah i think it's really I don't want to say it's super rare, but it definitely is rare that you draft two guys in these positions and they step onto a summer league floor in a game with a lot of other, you know, players that are trying to fight for this. And they instantly stick out as like two of the players that have the most potential out of the players we saw in this game today. You know what I mean? Like Cam Thomas's ability to create and just like you said, the smoothness of his game. It's just like, okay, this guy just has something about him where you, you know, you'd screams NBA player and Daron Sharp, which we're going to talk about in a sec, just did a lot of things on the floor today along the same lines. You know what I mean? Just like these guys have a factor to them that really screams NBA player. There's another guy we're going to talk about too, that potentially should have been drafted in the first round or at least early second who had a big game too. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Definitely. Do we want to jump into King Shop? Yeah, let's do it. King Sharp, Dayron Sharp, you know, just playing like a man. <laughs> That's the best way I can really describe it. And like he's going against guys who have probably more experience or maybe even more reps in the NBA. And he was just a monster on the boards. I mean, eight boards, but six offensive, finished with 11 points, five of seven from the field. There was just that like a 92nd or 122nd section of the game where he just had like three offensive boards and he was just moving guys. There was like three bucks players in the paint. And he just grabbed the board. And that's something we're used to seeing happening to the Nets, not necessarily a Nets player doing that to another team. So it just seems like another element added to Brooklyn. Obviously, there's plenty of other elements to determine if he'll be in the actual rotation or anything along those lines. But really positive signs and what he can do on the boards and just the instant impact he could have the, there. I stick by what I said, Nick. I said at the top of the pod, he's the best rebounder on the Nets roster. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> um, I'll look at it as a glass half full. But you know, as he said to um, AJ Brown um, on Twitter, he says they're going to get tired of boxing me out sooner or later. Yep. And, and he's just like, I don't care. Like they're not going to be able to hold me down. And he just knows where to be. Um, as I was watching it, I think this comp was made either by someone or by us on the on the draft pod. But what I'm seeing more from him now is some real Ed Davis tendencies. Now, obviously, he has, a, a, I think, a bit more finesse and skill than Ed Davis does have. 
but his ability to just eat the glass like it's no one else's business and whether it's offensive and you know he's he, cam thomas misses his shot and it's just like all right everyone's gonna be here he just knows where to be he's reading angles you know he's got that dennis rodman oh, i want to hear Dayron sharp a, a new version of that last dance little tidbit <laughs> where he's just like so we go here the, the ball turns here and the angle goes here and then i know cam thomas is going to shoot it here it's going to be sure um he's just I, I think that it's an underrated skill in the nba and you can get paid just being what is it what's the thing that Kawhi said board man gets paid you know i think yep. board man could get might not need to call Dayron sharp the new board man yeah, I mean, he really does. And I mean, I like the comparison to Ed Davis with some of his rebounding tendencies. But the thing he has on Ed is that he's a lot bigger. I mean, he's 6'11", 265. He has real center size to him. And he can just like physically move guys on a regular basis. And like you said, it's tiring to the other team. And it's kind of just like a little small element. Like, I'm not sure, like I said, what's going to happen rotation-wise with Daron Sharp, but he's the type of guy where you might throw him out there for a couple minutes, and he might just rip the energy out of the other team because he's just fighting every single person for that rebound and even just the loose balls. I just think his overall hustle and energy is something that I really enjoy watching, especially from a young guy who knows that he needs to earn his spot in the NBA. Yeah, and as he said, you know, he's not even at his best when it comes to his conditioning at all. He said himself, yep. you know, um, again, AJ Brown, I feel like my conditioning is a little bad. I haven't played since March. That's why we're seeing so little minutes for him in terms of, you know, the bursts and, you know, Jordan not after game one sort of saying, you know, I played him a longer than a five-minute stretch. That's on me. I also liked uh, Thiago Splitter in the latter points of the game because one thing that Daron can improve on is his defensive mechanics yep. and his defensive fundamentals. You know, he's he's got some tools there um, that I, that intrigue me, but it's also going to separate him from being, you know, maybe a good player to being a great player. Um, yep. And again, we're looking after, you know, what, 35 minutes of basketball play, if that. Um, I just like that, you know, after we gave away a, a late fourth quarter foul, Thiago was like to him, come over here, man. And he has a chat to him and, yeah, Tiago Splitter has been an, an awesome coach with the Brooklyn Nets organization. And um, I just really liked and enjoyed that moment. I thought it was a, a you'd look for teaching moments as a coach. And I thought that was a pretty good teaching moment. Yeah. And I think Splitter could definitely teach him a thing or two. It's not like Splitter was the best athlete ever. And, you know, he still had a good NBA career, you know, solid player all around. So like you said, with Daron Sharp, there are tools there. It's just kind of developing them and learning the NBA in terms of like where he's deficient and where he has a strength. I think literally he has strength and that's something he can utilize with his verticality and his length, but it's just kind of getting put into space in some situations where he could end up struggling. But you mentioned the conditioning. I also think like a full year working out with a team and how they can develop you, you could possibly see a little bit of quickness improvement. You know what I mean? I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And also we know that he lost, you know, a good chunk of weight from when he played at uh, North Carolina to where he's at now. And that could always kind of impact your balance in a way. So there are tools there. Like you said, that's going to be a real factor for him. And that could honestly be the factor for him in the NBA if he's a starter or a bench player, because if you can't defend that, at least a moderate level at the center position, it's going to be hard for you to log big minutes. But with the rebound, it kind of helps makes up for it in a different way. Definitely. And uh, Kevin Pelton, who is an NBA mind that, you know, is, is one of the smartest out there. You know, he talked about, you know, the uh, I guess the stats that he put up, but he also finished with, I've liked how vocal he's been defensively. That to me fills me with not a heap of confidence, but at least some, because yep. you know, we've had Jared Allen, we've had Nicholas, Jared Allen sort of be the, the back line of defense and, his skill makes up for, I guess, his lack of vocality um, in, in, in previous instances where it's yep. just like, 
Jared, man, you've got all the t- tools in the world here. You know, I we get you could probably block anyone under the sun, but I think that Dayron uh, uh, can be a leader there and, you know, get guys, you know, on the perimeter, be like, okay, you know, go screen left, screen right, um, ice, ice, or whatever else it might be. So yeah. the fact that he's doing that and bringing his end, I think that it, it, it fills me with some confidence, the fact that he can get better. He's wanting to get better. He has the right mentality because... You can teach fundamentals in some respects. I don't think you can teach teach switchability to the most part. He wants it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he can because that could turn into, like I sort of said, being good to a great player. Um, but the mentality is is always something that I think takes um, – you can't teach it. You can't teach mindset. Yep. yep. And he has a great mentality. And just the energy and the hustle he plays with gives you some level of confidence that he'll be able to be at least uh, – average NBA defender you know what I mean just be able to hold his own just because he's going to work so hard at it and kind of use some of his strengths to utilize himself and put himself in the best position and obviously some of that's the coaches too like I'm not sure it will ever be a switchy guy but if he can play drop coverage or different forms to drop at a really high level we've seen teams win championships with centers like that or at least play large chunks of minutes and obviously I'm not going to put a cap on the kid we just did Nick with with Brooke Lopez and the Milwaukee Bucks exactly and and Brooke was in, not last. He was good this season, but he was incredible last season as a defender, like defensive player at the year level. So it, it just shows you that you know that. And I think you know bringing in Steve Clifford, who we'll get to a little bit later, having Thiago Splitter there, Amari Stoudemire. He's got some pretty good, goddamn good coaches to learn off, and obviously Clax and, and DeAndre Jordan having some vets and some older guys. Um, one thing that I really love about him, Nick, and I know you do too. Man, he's a good passer. He's just. Yeah. He, it's not just the the pace on the passes and the execution of them it's the the reads the ability to go okay there's a pass there i'll make it quickly too i think that's what impressed me today there's a couple times where cam thomas kind of got caught into a double team dropped the ball to sharp and sharp just hit somebody you know they didn't necessarily always knock down the the shot but you just like that as an added element to your offense especially if he's getting any minutes with you know the big three they're getting double teamed on a regular basis they're trying to take the ball to james harden's hands you know what i mean so then it's just like okay well i'm just gonna hit joe harris in the corner or patty mills in the corner whoever it is so I'm really excited to see what he can do and continue to develop. Obviously, we have no idea where he sits in the rotation yet, but there's a lot of promising signs for both guys. And that's really what we talked about going to summer league. It's not like we're expecting efficient, consistent performances. These are 19-year-old kids, um, and we just want to see the the sparks and the potential plays and where they could really shine at some point. Yeah, I mean, you put out the the clips, so I had to put them in my doc so I could remember them. It was at about fifty eight sixty, and and sharps like beyond the perimeter, probably twenty seven feet out. Uh, Kessler makes a, a decent cut to get into good space, and you know he yep. he he probably should have finished the lap there, been a little bit stronger, and we'll get to him in a little bit. Uh, but that pass was just perfectly timed, perfectly paced. You know, immediate read, great decision making. You know, I said you can't teach mindset. You can't teach intelligence either. You can't teach basketball feel. And, you know, Cam has it. Dayron has it to a different extent as well. Some guys, you know, are just athletes and, you know, that you just want them to be and you sort of got to mold them into NBA players and, and basketball players. But these guys have got great feel and, and, and again, play way mature uh, than their ages. Yeah, that's an instinct play. You know what I mean? You He made that so quickly that it's like it just hit in his head, like read, boom, pass, boom. Hopefully Edwards can finish that in the future. But like you said, you know, really good stuff from Sharp. Who do you want to talk about next? Oh, I just want to point out the, oh. the second pass um, yep. that was really impressed me that you put out there, Nick. You know, he lays a screen uh, for Cam and then he sort of rolls a little bit and, you know, handles it and put 
uh, drives back out out of space and then whips a pass out to the perimeter. I like the the pace on the passes because there was a defender there and he whipped it over the defender's head. Um, I just wanted to highlight a little bit and show off some of your really good tweets that were um, that you put out there tonight during the game. Um, he's got some skill as a passer and you know he's he's not Nikola Jokic or whatever, but you know DJ we've sort of seen at his best for the Brooklyn Nets. You know had the ball in his hands. You know we know how the Nets love to run things at the elbow with Blake and 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 such. And I just think he's going to develop some pretty good chemistry with some pretty good guys on our roster that are are awesome passes as well. So uh, I'm intrigued to see how he not only fits going forward and the summer league and how he continues to develop, but like I said with Cam, how he fits alongside you know our NBA roster. Yeah, and also we saw some good screens, but just talk about that pass, Jack. It's almost like the pause, and he looked off the defender to the other guy and then whipped it. It's hard to tell at the angle that we, we had, and obviously it's summer league, so we're not getting 27 replays. But if that's the case, I mean, that's a really, really good play from your center. Yeah, I mean, he, the defender was sort of in the middle of the two yep. net players, and you, you, the easier pass to make is the guy who's closer to you. And yep. Daron's like, you know what? I'm the, the corner shot's obviously the better shot. Um, and, you know, driving and, and kicking off that. I just think that, yeah, he's got a lot of chops, Nick. And the fact that we're seeing glimpses of this and he's bringing all that confidence, all the skills that we we hoped for, you know, pre-draft, uh, pre, um, and I'm sorry, post-draft and, and pre-summer league, um, he's put it all together. And I'm intrigued to see how it continues to develop for, for both him and Cam. And, and the conditioning is only going to improve with, with more games and reps under his belt. Um, he's going to become a, a special player. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he does tomorrow because he's is going to be a back to back. Like, does he is he able to play more minutes, play less minutes? How's his body feeling? I'm kind of intrigued with that. But I think we should talk about David Duke Jr. You know, another really solid performance from him today. Kind of just continuing to create intrigue around himself in terms of the net signing him to that two way contract because he just does so many role player things where you could see him compliment guys on this roster you know obviously 10 points four or 10 from the field oh a four from three not amazing but two of four from the free throw line uh nine rebounds four offensive two assists one steal did have five fouls but a lot of physicality defensively and just really gotten it took some of those bucks players out of rhythm yeah he might be the most impressive player from net summer league so far the most consistent and reliable as well he's playing with the starters and it's just like, get the ball in David Duke's hand, get it out of Brandon Knight's hands, because you know, he just makes the right decisions. We sort of talked about you know decision-making and, and all the rest of that. Um, he's a, He's got a good frame, good athlete. Um, you know, he's got a, he, he talked about, you know, at halftime when he had the, the interview and he was the, the guy that was really contributing for us in the first half. He was sort of saying, you know, it's, it's our defense, it's our defense. So to, to know that he has that mentality as well um, is, is nothing but a positive thing because he does look good defensively. He has all the tools there. You know, he's quick and not just laterally, but he's quick. He runs the floor, um, does a lot of good things that you can see role player tendencies out of and, you know, beyond, you know, he can create a shot a little bit sometimes. The shot's a little bit short, but he doesn't lack confidence. He's a good driver. Um, that one drive where he sort of had the dribble behind his back and just goes yep. bang and gets to the line, um, that was something. That was really nice. So um, it was good to see, you know, David do continue his solid form. And um, he's, he's playing his way into an NBA contract in some form or another. Yeah, I mean, two-way, possible, non-guaranteed NBA. We'll see what happens as he kind of progresses. I also like just playing transition. You know, a couple buckets over there, running the floor. That's another thing with Dayron Sharp that we forgot to mention was Dayron does an excellent job running the floor and getting himself in position. And with James Harden, he should probably get some more easy buckets or even just more NBA players. But getting back to David Duke Jr. is just... 
the physicality, even offensively on some of those drives, like you mentioned, Jack, there's a couple plays where you're just like, he kind of just leaned into the contact and still was able to finish it. And then also he had a nice drive and kick. There was one play I'll say at the end of the game where he tried to create and have like that big moment. It seems like self-creation at times can be an issue for him. Probably should have kicked at the cam or even Brandon Knight in that situation. But you know, he's a young guy just trying to develop and showcase himself. Yeah, I, I want the mistakes to be made now, you know, to learn from them. You watch the tape and go, okay, what's the decision I should have made here? And like you, you mentioned, Nick, that sort of close and close out and kick to, to Cam Thomas was big. You know, uh, immediate quick and uh, immediate quick drive, you know, sort of pump fakes a little bit and yep. you know, Cam calls for the ball. And when Cam's open, you better feed that man because he's a goddamn killer. Um, as we know. So, yeah, I, I think he's doing a lot of really good things, you know, defensively, offensively. You know, we've talked about a, a variety of skills um, yep. that probably, uh, you know, make an NBA player, make a guy that should have been goddamn drafted. And uh, Sean Marks might have find, found another one. Yeah, he just screams like all-around uh, NBA role player. Just a guy that can go out there, play defense, knock down some shots, just kind of fill in a role and just really compliment guys. And, you know, that's something that every team can use. You know, that's somebody that's going to get a roster spot in the NBA at some point. Yeah, it's like a, I don't know, I don't know why this name comes to mind, but like a Daniel House, a guy that, you know, got from goes from undrafted to, you know, being where he is right now. Uh, I think that one thing that could make David Duke from being like, you know, a solid role player is keep taking those threes. I don't mind if you miss yep. it all, mate. And the funny thing is he knows when he's missing them, um, which is yep. he reads his shot quite well. Um, it'll be good to hopefully see him read that shot and, you know, he just goes, okay, that's money. So, but yeah, yep. keep taking them because, you know, with like, you know, um, Weatherspoon, you know, you want him to actually take those shots. Whereas, you know, David Duke doesn't show a, a mentality where he's, he's going to shy away from those uh, three-pointers. So I'm, I'm glad he's taken them. Um, he did a lot of really good things today on both ends of the floor. Agreed. And like the three-point shot, it was just an off day. You know what I mean? I thought it looked better the day before. And like you said, he kind of knew he was off. Uh, we did get our first look at uh, Kessler Edwards today offensively didn't really show us much you know missed two threes uh, had some issues inside kind of finishing over guys I think the physicality wasn't great for him but his perimeter defense definitely showcased looked really comfortable switching also thought his contest definitely bothered a couple Bucks players so you know Edward showed like a little bit of the perimeter defense today it's just the other elements of the game we're kind of waiting to see yeah the defense was really good Nick you know we saw a lot of good signs there and you know, I'm glad he was taking those shots. You know, I think a lot of people aren't really, we talked about the mechanics and such, but he's got the size to still get that shot, shot off. Yep. And some of the shots were like, you know, top of the arc, which is, you know, you'd, you'd rather him sort of be sticking in the corner and getting some easy shots around the sort of, you know, corner to the mid side of the arc. Um, but, you know, he's taking those shots, which I like. And the fact that we got to see him today was really positive. You know, the defense, you know, he's got just great size about him, you know, really good wingspan. Uh, it's just a, an absolute nuisance. And hopefully we get to see some of the offensive game improve. But, yeah, he doesn't, like we sort of mentioned on, on the draft recap, he doesn't have, you know, a, a wide array to his offensive game. Like all the guys have sort of spoken about, he doesn't have those skills. But if he can finish through contact a little bit better, be a little bit more physical, hit some of those threes, um, then he's going to turn into something. Yeah, he's a guy that would benefit from having more creation on the roster. Like you said, Jack, doesn't really create for himself, just likes to hit those open shots, maybe coming off screens a little bit. They're obviously not going to run a ton of plays in summer league. I think for Edwards, just one thing that kind of stuck out, it's just a one-game sample size, maybe a need to get a little bit stronger. There's just a couple plays where he got moved a little bit too easily, and obviously these aren't even the best of the NBA guys. But again, we got to see him for about 17 minutes, see what he does tomorrow in the next game. 
What else stuck out for you, I guess, today, Nick? You know, we got, we got improved performances from Reggie, Brandon Knight, Alizé Johnson. They weren't lighting the world on fire in any sort of stretch. Weatherspoon still hasn't taken really threes at all, but he's getting to line out well. What else, I guess, stuck out with the, the rest of the crew? Yeah, I think with Alizé, it's kind of what didn't stick out. That was kind of just like, just I'm, I want more. Like, you're a guy who's had it, like we talked about, a 2020 game in the NBA. You've kind of, I don't want to say dominated, but you've had just, like, impactful moments, and it just seems very quiet. And I get it. He's a role player, so it's going to be harder for him to shine in different situations. But just not really, like, super impressed with Alizé Johnson, and I was hoping that he'd play better. I think it gets to a point where you worry that, like, is he doing enough to maintain his roster spot in the Nets? Obviously, not everything is summer league, and you have the tape from last season, so you take that into account. But is it better to go with a guy that has more potential? Is it better to go with even just a veteran, be it, you know, Paul Millsap or somebody along those lines? So Alizé definitely has some work to do for the rest of summer league just to kind of showcase him more because he's just kind of another guy out there. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is what he is. You know, he's still yeah. an incredible rebounder, if not one of the top two or three on the roster yep. right now. But is that enough given his position? You know, he's not really taken or hitting three balls much either. I don't think he's taken one three in the two games. Which is which is disappointing as well. But, you know, he is doing some, you know, he's doing what we know he can do. You know, he's showing great athleticism. You know, has a nice little spin move here and there, which is, you know, good to watch. But, yeah, I think that we want to see above and beyond of Valazir Johnson because we've seen all of this at the NBA level. It's like, give me a little bit more, mate. I need that sort of, you know, the cream on top. Yeah. What do you think of Reggie Perry today? Uh, better, but still, uh, I, I don't know if you can, yep. if that's even a real word, but well, <laughs> what I, it I is. Know. I, I felt the same way. I could see it in your face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was a decent rebound the ball, you know, got the, a few blocks and a few steals here or there, but it's just, I don't know. I, I don't know how to really sort of say that. You know, he's a guy who was the second last or the last pick in, in the draft last year. And obviously, you know, what the the best version of Reggie Perry is, I'm not sure. But, you know, he hit all these free throws, did take those threes, which I'm, I'm happy about. Um, you know, filled up the box score in a lot of different ways. But he just isn't sort of giving me anything else that's just like, damn, Reggie's, uh, Reggie's done something. He's in that three ball. He's got a little bit of switchability or, or, or that sort of stuff. But... Yeah, still a, a much better game than than, than um, their previous one. Yeah, I think it was a better game, but kind of like what you're saying, Jack, there's no like elite trait. Nothing sticks out and you're like, ah, NBA player or something like that. And then like another thing, like maybe it's just seeing Daron Sharp, but it feels like Sharp has so much more hustle in his game. We're like Perry on that chase down block, like didn't even actually chase down and attempt to block it. Maybe he was tired, but still. And I just think defensively, I just have no idea like where Reggie Perry fits in the NBA. Like, at a center position, he struggles. He's too small. He's not quick enough, so he can't really be that undersized guy that rotates really well. And then, like, in drop coverage, he doesn't really have the length to be that type of rim protector. And it's just, like, he's kind of a tweener to an extent, but he doesn't really have any trait for either size that's like, wow, this guy's really good. Like, we need to find time to get on the floor. If he was, like, a knockdown three-point shooter, that would really, really help his case. But right now, I just it's, I have a hard time like envisioning him developing into someone who's a good NBA player. And like I said on the last show, it's summer league, so maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I was never super high on Reggie Perry and what he could be moving forward. I hope he proves me wrong, but right now it's just hard to envision him being a good NBA rotation player. Yeah, I think he's automatically compared to what Darren Sharp's doing. And it's just yeah. like, man, this, this guy's got everything that Reggie does, and if not, way, way more in terms of 
the skill sets in terms of he's yep. a better rebounder. He's probably maybe at the same level as a defender. Um, I would as, say uh, Sharp is better because he at least has the length and the physicality. I mean, like, I think Perry should move better, but he really doesn't. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, and obviously, Darren's got those passing chops as well. Did yep. take a three ball, which, you know, he looked fluid enough. I want him to keep taking those. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Dayron is just, uh, he's just showed his class and his talent in, in a much more impactful way. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, Jack, you know, Perry was drafted at the end of the second round. Uh, Sharp was drafted at the end of the first round and Sharp probably could have gone higher. I know some people thought he was a better big than some of the other guys, but we'll see what happens with them. And Weatherspoon, like, yes, the drives are nice. Getting the free throw line is cool, but the eight turnovers, definitely not something that I love. And then also just like, he really needs to shoot the three. Like, that's great that you can drive the basketball, but everyone in the NBA knows that, like, if you're going to be a gardener or a wing, you probably need to shoot the three ball unless you're, like, elite, elite defensively, and even those guys have a hard time staying on the floor. So there's no three-point shot. It's really hampering your case to be an NBA player, in my opinion. Totally fair. Totally agree as well. And Brandon Knight, uh, I mean, it was just another tough game for him. He just... Like I kind of mentioned, he's an undersized guard that looks like he lost some of his quickness. So, like, he might break somebody down off the dribble with a nice little package, but then the guy's able to recover and get into a good position. Even the shots that Knight did hit, other than the three, they were, like, contested tough layups at the rim. Yeah, I mean, there was a, a decent piece in The Athletic sort of talking about, you know, why he might be here. I suggest reading that for anyone who is an Athletic subscriber. Um, but, you know, again, I'm... He, as long as Killer Cam gets the gets those fourth quarter minutes, I'm happy because um, he's he's got ice in his veins when it comes to fourth quarter stuff. Whereas, you know, Brandon Knight just doesn't have the same feel for basketball um, that Cam does. Yeah, he just I don't know. There's just something about Knight. His game is just off and out of rhythm. And uh, just to touch on uh, Gates, I thought he had some good moments in this game. I'm not sure he's an NBA player, but you know I like the way that he kind of plays it out there, shoots a three ball, look kind of switchable. So you know. Not a bad showing for uh, Gates. Yep, not the not the worst at all. And we still have yet to see the other uh, two second-round picks. Maybe we'll get to see them tomorrow. I would not be surprised if we saw a guy or two rested because it's the second day of a back-to-back, which is you know, pretty common in summer league. You want to get looks at everybody, and you need minutes, and that's what's probably going to happen. Hey, give me some Raycon Gray and some Marcus Zagorowski. Yeah, you know, maybe. I mean, they could use Marcus out there a little bit, just shoot some threes, a little bit of playmaking, you know, think – Based off of what we talked about and what you told me, it seems like he has some point guard skills to him. So that could help open some things up for Cam Sharp and just make life easier, even for a guy like Edwards and getting him some open looks. Yeah, he might have the best point guard tendencies out of anyone that's on the summer league roster right now. Um, yep. It's not saying much, but um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him and, and, and seeing what he can show us. Yeah, and no minutes for Jordan Bowden today. Um, we mentioned he played pretty good defense in the last one. I think offensively he probably doesn't really do enough, but he was a guy that played pretty hard. But any other thoughts, Jack, on this game? No, nothing, Nick. It'll be interesting to see, you know, as we come up against the Wiz, you know, what more we see from some of the young guys that we're really excited about and whether we see some, you know, Raekwon Gray action um, and, and how, you know, Reggie continues to sort of go forward. Um, it's 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 fun because you know I don't think I've been this invested in summer league ever. Yeah, I, the Nets did have one year where they played like a lot of their guys. I think like Spencer Dinwiddie is down there, Carol Savert was down there. Um, 
of Rondé Hollis Jefferson, but even still, it didn't quite have this level of pop. Those guys still weren't really sure who they were in the NBA, and no one really wanted to take charge. You can kind of feel Cam Thomas trying to take charge of this team, especially in the fourth quarter, and then with Sharp just kind of being that man inside. So, like you said, it's really been fun, and it also provides a different like watching element for the Nets, like going to the season. Not every game is pressure, but there's an expectation to almost win every game for the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, they're not going to go 82 and 0, but you expect them to win or compete in every single night. Where summer league is kind of just almost a relaxing watch because you're not really watching for the the W or the L. You're watching for the potential of the young guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun watch just watching the players, and I'm going to continue to watch more of, of day one defensively and, and sort of see what he does there because getting all the offensive chops from him, I know what he does there. Now I'm, I'm going to watch. Okay. What are you doing here? Are you fouling? You know, he got in, in the post move. Um, he he, he overfouled there as well. Uh, but he did, you know, he showed some verticality um, when, you know, there's some straight line drive. So I'm going to continue to watch, see what he can do uh, on the defensive side of the floor. Yeah, indefinitely. And I also think like it's going to be intriguing when he goes against NBA guys. Obviously, there's a little difference in speed and in the skill in terms of the ability to knock down the mid-range shot, hit floaters and stuff like that. So it's going to be an intriguing thing for Sharp and how he develops right there. But Jack, you mentioned it kind of earlier on. We Steve Clifford will be joining the Nets as a coaching consultant which is kind of a new role that we've seen happen. Mike D'Antoni did it with the Pelicans. Obviously, Steve Clifford, I think, is a really good add to the staff. Tell me your thoughts, and I'll, I'll tell you mine. Uh, we're swapping <laughs> roles, Nick. Um, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of Steve Clifford. It's Clifford. I think his defensive chops, his respect around the league is unheralded. And it's interesting because Malika Andrews, you know, Pace wrote this who was the most sought-after assistant in the marketplace. I wonder if that was just like Sean Mark sort of just saying, hey, you know, there was a lot of people looking for this guy and he chose to come to us. Um, it's sort of just like, you know, we saw Mike D'Antoni, obviously his offensive imprint and probably defense with the switching, you know, really make an yep. imprint on the team last season. You know, the Nets losing Yudoka, losing um, Mike D'Antoni, you know, a, a really great replacement in Steve Clifford who has, you know, done some great things around the league in terms of, you know, what he's done in Charlotte, you know, Kemba Walker has nothing but, you know, amazing things to say about him. You know, in Orlando, the fact that he made that team a, a competent defensive outfit, despite, you know, having some guys out there that probably don't fit that mold. And, yeah, he's got that history with, with Steve Nash. They were together um, when, when Nash was a player uh, for the Lakers in 2012-13. In so, you know, some, some cool things. And uh, it, was, it was a little bit surprising. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about it because I think that, in this role, um, I think Steve Steve Clifford, sorry, um, is going to have a, a really big impact on the team. Yeah, I mean, defensively, like you said, Jack, two of the last three years in Orlando, two top 10 defenses with guys like Nikola Vucevic, DJ Augustine, obviously Jonathan Isaac was there and Aaron Gordon, some other good defenders. But still, you love that aspect and what he can provide and kind of have an influence on the end of the floor because I honestly feel like Steve Nash obviously got the experience with D'Antoni not only last year but as a player. And those principles and the talent on the team, offense was never really going to be an issue for the Nets. I mean, even a coach that's defensive-minded was going to be able to get this team to be a top-five offense just given the components on the team. So adding a guy like Clifford, like you said, really provides something for them, not only defensively, but experience section, and like you said, uh, the relationship with Nash. And then I could see him being a guy that a lot of teams wanted to have around. Just because, like, he has a lot of experience, like you said, and Malika Andrews pointed out in her piece, like, maybe that Sean Marks trying to hype him up, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it was true just because he's a really respected guy in the NBA. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of young coaches around the league right now that could yep. use a, a voice like um, Steve Clifford in terms of impacting them and, and helping them out. Um, he has a, a relentless work ethic. So you know that Steve Clifford is going to be putting in those hours. Um, I know the uh, coming of was last year or the year before where he had, a, had to take some time away from basketball because, you know, he was burnt out. So I think the consultancy role allows him to really impact and, and hone his skills, hone his knowledge. Yep. Um, I'm excited for the impact that he has, you know, um, my other mate, Nick Busing, co-host of the JBT podcast, sort of said that the Nets had a, a dream team of coaches last year. We might not have the dream team this year, Nick, but we've probably got the 2020, you know, 2021, sorry, uh, version of the Team USA, which is still a gold medal uh, version <laughs> of a coaching team. Yeah, and I think also, like I've mentioned in some of the offseason shows, I expect Steve Nash to kind of take some strides forward. You know, more experience, feeling more comfortable in the role, better idea of what his players can do. And I'd expect him to experiment a little bit more this year and also just have a better understanding how teams are going to try to counter what he does. And obviously in the regular season, you don't necessarily see a ton of that. But when it gets to the postseason, that's when it really matters. Absolutely. But Nick... I can't believe it's been this long. We haven't talked about this news from Sean Marks. We probably should have opened the pod with it. Maybe uh, people have switched off. But the news around the, the rest of the big three signing, it was a, a usually guarded Sean Marks being quite open and you know pretty, putting it out there. I'm just like, my dude, my dude, Sean is normally like, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what pans out. No, that wasn't the best. Uh, carry yeah. I could do much better than that. But the quote, Nick, is, I feel very confident that first day of training camp, we'll be looking at those three in particular being signed, sealed, delivered, and being a part of the Brooklyn Nets for a long time to come. Signed, sealed, delivered, Nick. I'm yours. <laughs> I like that, Jack. Uh, no, but like like you said, the confidence for Sean Marks, like he's a confident guy, but to go out there and say this, this means that it's really close to happening, and they're probably just working on some small details, maybe bonuses related, maybe options on the deal, whatever it is. I mean, it's really exciting stuff. Obviously, you kind of had a feeling when KD signed his long extension that this was going to end up being the case. But to have it done before training camp, it's going to be an incredible offseason for the Nets if this truly does happen, which I do anticipate it happening. Well, Sean Masters told us it happened, so we've got to hold him at his word. And if he it hasn't doesn't lie to us, yeah, right? <laughs> Very no, it's it's and I think that we've heard that from not just like you know, I guess the media and such. And I think some people get a little bit annoyed about like the Sean Marks love fest that he gets and such. And you know, we've criticized him for some decisions that he has made. And you know, he he sort of admitted himself that he still needs to address different parts of this roster, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, I think that he's you take him, uh, the man at his word, take any person at his word. And he also did mention that. You know, hard and trending in the right direction in terms of the you know yeah. the hamstring injury. We've seen some you know some video and some photos of him on Instagram and, and different social media. So he's looking good. Kyrie he's Irving, a little leaner. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, it's not hard to be a little leaner than what he was. I guess <laughs> in saying that, Nick, because you know he 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 hadn't played basketball and he came back to the Nets and he you could probably tell you know when you've got a hamstring injury you you can't really do much conditioning with it you can't yeah. go on the treadmill you can't go on the bike so you're going to lose that conditioning uh, in in some sense of the imagination so i think harden's going to come in fit and firing you know he's going to be wanting an mvp type season he's going to be leading the league in assists um he's going to be firing like on all cylinders and it's good to hear as well that Kyrie Irving's ankle is progressing well uh, at the same time too so yep. uh, positive positive signs about our two of our three superstars a hundred percent. I mean, I think I, you love to hear that about Harden. Like we said, he looks a little bit leaner. And then obviously with Kyrie kind of getting himself back in the shape. But uh, we got some other comments, too, along the lines of DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton. Which one do you want to tackle first, Nick? 
let's go with the DeAndre one because I think there's more conspiracy with the Nick Claxton stuff. So it might take us a second. Okay, so in terms of the DeAndre one, I was, I don't know, it was interesting to sort of hear. He said DeAndre Jordan is definitely a part of this team. Uh, it's only part of this roster and team moving forward. He said that he admits the roster could look different and he wouldn't deal with rumors that they had tried to deal with the 33-year-old. And he said, when you're on a good team and you have good players, teams are going to make calls. Um, thoughts, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, teams are going to make calls. He never really said if teams were calling the Nets or if he was calling other teams for their good players. So Maybe he's really- yeah, speaking in third person, like Sean Mark says, like The Rock says, yeah, the Sean Mark says that they're going to um, you know, take, take calls and make calls. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of a way to cover himself. Like we said, we thought that that report from Christian Winfield was maybe you know given to make DeAndre feel more part of the team. But I think he also left it open-ended, saying that like the roster's not done, so he could end up being traded at a different point. Like I think he said something along the lines of the roster being 90% complete. Yeah, and that's saying something because the roster is full right now yep. so to address the names on the roster a trade is going to have to be made guys are going to, have to be let go so and um, we'll see how that pans out like we sort of said when we've done what what is it like 400 million <laughs> free agency recaps and news shows that the the, the the roster can is not complete until uh buyout season is done and we'll see how uh, that does progress and yeah i i'm not buying it totally i think sean marks is the master of spin uh, for all my Aussie listeners out there. He's uh, throwing some Shane Moore and Googlies out there. Do you, do you understand any of those words that I just said there, Nick? Uh, I mean, I can comprehend them, but I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> uh, Australian um, cricketer, he's a spin bowler in, 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 in history and one of the best spinners of all time. So um, I might have to start calling Sean Marks uh, warning if he keeps uh, doing that sort of stuff. And uh, I'm completely alienated all of our non-American uh, English and, and any, any cricket uh, playing countries. But the clacks news, Nick, I know that um, people were a bit... I don't know, conspiratory about what was happening. We heard things from Brian Lewis and we heard other things from other reporters. Uh, he said that in order for t- for Clacks to get minutes, he's got to put the time in. Nick has been in the gym very consistently. He knows he has a long way to go. And then people were saying, is he in Vegas? Is he in Brooklyn? I don't know. We need someone. We need Clacks watch, Nick. You know, we've got Clack City. I don't know where Clack City is right now. Yeah, I think people said that he was in Vegas sitting, I believe, with DeAndre Bembray and Javon Carter at, um, in Summer League courtside. I personally didn't see him there. Obviously, I'm not in Summer League, so I don't know. I'd love to be there. But, um, you know, I think that's really the case with Nick Claxton. That's kind of my thoughts on the buzz that I said, you know, a few days ago when we talked about him not being there. It's like the things that he really needs to work on. I mean, the one key element for Nick Claxton is literally getting stronger. Like that's just a huge thing for him, physically being stronger and not getting moved, having more of an impact in different ways with his strength. And obviously we want the three-point shot to develop. And I'm not sure how much he would benefit with playing with this group of guys. Yeah, it'd be cool to see Clax go for like 25 or something like that. But that's really not what he's going to do with the Nets at this point in his career. So I think I understand the mindset. And like we talked about, you know, he had that knee injury that was similar to tendonitis. Why risk him if he's a guy that's literally has the potential to be a, a X factor essentially in a playoff series? Like he's that good of a player with the talent he has and his switchability is as good as it comes. So I'm all for, like, especially with the way some of these summer league guys are. Like, they're fighting for their lives and they're playing a little reckless. Like, last thing I want to see is Nick Claxton suffer an injury. 
True, true. And this is a, a massive season for Clax. He's an unrestricted yeah. free agent after this offseason. And the Nets have a, an expansive luxury tax bill, I guess, to say the least. So he's going to be playing for, you know, a, a big, big payday. And, you know, and, and, and maybe, you know, this Damon Sharp acquisition, you know, leaves Nick Claxton's position null and void. Um, I'm intrigued to see how it all pans out in terms of, you know, his... Obviously, I want Clack City to be in Brooklyn long-term um, because, you know, we're all Clack stands on the Brooklyn buzz and all of our listeners, I assume, are as well. But, you know, there is... I, I, at the same time, you know, the Shane Shane Warren, a.k.a. Sean Marks, might make a big trade and, and include Clacks in a package. You know, we were surprised that he wasn't in the package for James Harden initially. So, you know... Big season for, for Clax, and I'm hoping for big things. I have high expectations. I'm sure he has even higher ones on himself. Yeah, I agree, Jack. I think that's a great point. You know, obviously, you look at the free agency. I think the Nets would look to retain him just because of the unique skill set he has, but it could really be a factor in how much money he does make. You know what I mean? Like, somebody could throw a lot of money at him because of the skill set he has and how unique it really is to have a guy of his size to be able to switch on to so many different guys and have success like he, he really played well against a lot of really really good NBA players and like you said he's also the Nets essentially best trade uh, best young trade asset at this point you know what I mean if your team's looking to get like a young player back that has some real potential you know I mean maybe you could make an argument for the you know Cam Thomas or something like that but right now I think Clax has obviously proved more at the NBA level and has that really unique elite skill. Yeah, I mean, we talked about, you know, Darren Sharp and his, his lack of switchability at this point in time, his lack of lateral quickness. You know, Nick Claxton's done it against Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. All those dudes are in, in Clax jail uh, in Clax City. It's uh, not a fun not a fun place to be, um, but if you are the president of, of Clax City, Nicholas Claxton, um, he's going to add some more names to that list next year. I look forward to seeing, you know, how he continues to improve. You know, we sort of talk about all these guys at Summer League and, you know, try and project them what they can be on the NBA roster. We know what Clax can be on the NBA roster. Um, it's about, you know, can, he be provo- can he be providing us meaningful minutes in the postseason where, you know, he was played out of the rotation because you're going up against the Bucks and their physicality, their size. Um, it just, there's no point in having Clax out there. He had a couple of good, decent defensive plays um, on Giannis and in terms of recovery style plays as well. But um, his improvement... Um, could be a big reason why the Nets find even greater success next year. And, you know, Steve Clifford could have an an amazing impact on on him as well. Yeah, he really could. I mean, he definitely could have an impact on Clax. And I mean... I mean, I don't want to debate about this right now, but I think Clax could have probably got more minutes in that Buck series. That's for another day. It already happened. I'm not really that concerned. But I think overall, there's really two elements of his game. If he improved those substantially going to the season, strength being one of them, and then a three-point shot. If there's any resemblance of a three-point shot, we saw a little bit of it as rookie season, then, I mean, his strides are there and his paycheck just doubled. I think even just strengthening. You know, I think yeah. if, if, yeah, if, he, strength. if he doesn't hit a three-ball, you know, he could be... Jared Allen on, on our team. Now, obviously, yeah. you know, Jared Allen was was great for us. And it was sad Jared to Allen that, with more versatility and less shot blocking, probably. Yeah. And and Clax, I think, improved that in that respect as yeah. well. His timing and, and his, you know, he's, he's a better switchable defender, which is maybe something you want in the Nets style of defense that they that do play or they did play. Maybe it changes a little bit um, heading into the new season. But yeah, looking forward to seeing how Clax City continues to grow. Yeah, I'm really excited. And obviously, he's one of the young guys on the team that we're not going to see in Summer League, but there's still a lot of expectation for the growth. But, Jack, anything else you want to touch on? No, looking forward to another game tomorrow, Nick. And, man, I, I don't think we've done this many, like, 
actually meaningful off-season pods. It's a lot of it's just like, all right, let's do a review. Let's do a game rewatch. And it's just like, we've got a lot of content. And, you know, there's a lot of pods out there. that have, I've got some evergreen nature to them as well. So go check out any of the free agency ones. Patty Mills, all the, all the Kevin Durant re-signing. Um, you know, there's plenty of pods out there for the Brooklyn Buzz listeners. Yeah, Jack, and I'm surprised that you didn't mention Sean Marks hyping up your boy Patty Mills. He talked about his defense a little bit. Uh, surprised that one didn't get some love on the pod. Called him a little pest defensively. I mean, uh, I, I consider that an insult. You know, pest. Uh, <laughs> not, you know, unless, unless we're watching Suicide Squad and, you know, every creature in the world has has a purpose. Patty Mills has a purpose on defense. And we saw, if you watch any of the boomers at the Olympics and you watch any San Antonio Spurs basketball, you know, he's going to take charges. He's going to get his hands in there. He's going to like move. Uh, he's going to be really jittery. I didn't have any of that um, defense in my piece because, um, you know, I didn't want it to be a 45,000 book. I could have written a book about um, my, my Aussie indigenous superstar and icon. But yeah, I think he's got some chops there. Um, Paddy Mills, and you know, we heard that the second year is going to be a player option as well. Um, yep. Obviously, he took unders to come to Brooklyn, so give himself that personal flexibility. I'm, I'm watching, you know, Matisse Thibel has his his vlog, um, and it's great seeing Joe Ingalls and, and Paddy Mills in the leadership um, that they've got uh, with the Boomers. And hopefully Paddy Mills is around the Boomers for a long time, and hopefully he's around the Brooklyn Nets team for the next two years and making a big impact, making big shots. Yeah, and make sure you check out Jack's piece at Nets Republic. Like he said, he wrote a book on Patty Mills. It's got everything from stats to graphs to videos to insight from Jack. Really good stuff. But as always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.